Hey, welcome back to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. Got a very interesting guest with us today. So he's a fighter pilot. He's a civilian and military instructor pilot. He's had multiple businesses. He's an Amazon bestseller. He's got a new book coming out. Oh, and all the long, along the way, he's a husband. He's got four kids. Hey, Dominic Tyke, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Joe. Oh, absolutely. And uh, some people call him Slice. We'll get into that later. But for right now, you know, his last name is pronounced Tyke. Don't mess it up, all right? All right, so here's what we're going to talk about. So let's go back to the beginning because how did you when did you first know hey i want to be a pilot i i don't know the very specific day but um what i do remember is on my seventh birthday uh my old man and i built a little f4 fighter jet model and uh that was a day where i thought that you know airplanes and flying was 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 most likely in my future that's cool and and there's there's a lot of paths to get to become a pilot what was your direct path how did you become a pilot uh, it was not at all a direct path, um, not even close. So, um, you know, I've I've even written about uh, on one of my blogs, like people like to zig and zag, right? So if, you're, you know, the shortest distance from A to B is a straight line, uh, my life has never taken a straight line. So um, I, I, went, I went about it in probably a pretty roundabout way. Um, you know, at seven, we built the airplane. At 12, my uncle took me to the flight deck of a big airliner while they were they were doing engine runs, and I was like, "This is pretty sweet." My uncle was a mechanic, so at 16, I signed up to be a aviation mechanic, and then in the same year, I got introduced to the flight school. Star, I started flying, and I dropped out of aviation mechanic school, and then at 18, I got picked up uh, to be a civilian flight instructor. So while I was going to college, I was teaching people how to fly, which was was great because. I never made more than 11,000 bucks a year before joining the military. So I was, uh, I would buy, uh, uh, bean burritos from like the local shack and tell them to hold the cheese. Cause I couldn't afford it. And I'd cut them in half and then put them in that cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Hold that cheese and put, you know, put half the burrito in the fridge, eat half today. And then I had lunch for the following day. So I was scraping, but it was, um, it was a good time. You know, it, it helps you realize all of the, uh, important things in life. So, yeah, at 18, I started civilian flight instruction. And then, you know, as as I turned um, 20, 21, I, I had gotten enough hours where I applied for the airlines and the military. Military picked me up the same time the airlines did, and I just gave the military a, a go. They lost my paperwork three times, so I got to go through the interview uh, process and the paper submitting and all of that stuff three times. So by the third time, I gotten pretty good at it. And then uh, went through officer training school, and you know went through undergraduate pilot training in the military and then you know competed to get a fighter a fighter jet and and the rest is history wow that's awesome that's actually really good training to become an entrepreneur actually right that, that, <laughs> where you're all over the place lots of ups and downs and all over the place you've got a unique perspective on that we'll also get into that later so um so you you're a civilian pilot air force pilot can you take us kind of through the similarities as well as the differences in the training and all that good stuff yeah so i i kind of lucked out um I went through a civilian um, college that had a syllabus, you know, for flying. Um, in the civilian world, you can take flight lessons um, as a regular Joe, no pun intended, but like you can go down to the local flight school and you can just, you know, get your private pilot license, all that kind of stuff. Well, I went through a college that had a syllabus and it was very structured, which I think is good because it kind of kept me on a timeline. Um, and, you know, that's something that like, 
I can hear it in your voice as like a peak performer, right? You, you want to get somewhere. Um, you can get really frustrated if you are, if you don't really know where you are in that timeline and you don't know where that outcome you're, you don't know when to expect that outcome. So I think for me, if I was to give anybody, uh, like a, what, what should I do in the civilian world? If I wanted to fly, I would go to what's called a part 141 school. And that's more than you want to know, but they have essentially a structured program, especially if you're a go-getter, if you're more laid back and you just want to fly for fun, a part 61 school where you just go, you go fly with an instructor and, uh, you know, eventually get your, your pilot license. But for me, that was a huge um, benefit. And I noticed the military did a lot of the same things. It was very structured. You knew where you were in the syllabus. Um, you knew when you busted a ride and what that meant. And you know, you had to go back and try it again. You knew how many busts that you could have before you, you were now facing maybe getting eliminated. Um, so it was very structured. And I, I, I need some structure in my life. I need a calendar. I need to know where I'm going. Uh, and more importantly, I need to know when I'm going to stop. So I actually even now, because we're so busy with two businesses and a full-time fighter pilot job. And like you mentioned, I got four kids and, and life. Um, I even schedule days where I, you know, it's not a, it's kind of a nothing day. So I just kind of roll with the punches that day. Um, you know, for your, for your listeners, Joe, I really appreciated that we had actually canceled the first date uh, to record this podcast. Cause you said you're, you're doing something with your kids, right? Yeah, but someone my son, yeah. we were going somewhere over the weekend. And I was like, you know, um, you sent me that email and I was getting ready to do something with my kids, go hiking and be outside. And you sent me that email and it it saved saved face for me. And then I was like, I'm definitely gonna get on this podcast with this guy because he's prioritizing family and that's so important. Um, but back to your question, the Air Force versus civilian training is very um, at least in the the college that I went through and that I was instructing, it's very, it was very structured. And I think that's important, especially when you are, uh, when you're teaching your brain, how to learn things, the military, um, one thing that I thought the military did much better. Um, and this is more of a, maybe a cultural thing, um, especially fighter pilots is the debrief portion of the flight. So when you come back, they really get into the debrief about, you know, how we could do better things we did wrong, things we did well, and, and that's why American fighter pilots are the best in the world. Not me per se, but just as a group, collective group. And I've flown with a bunch of pilots around the world. There's a lot of fantastic pilots in other countries. However, as a whole, the U.S. does a really good job with the debrief portion of flying. This is not a spear at the Air Force or a spear at anybody in the Air Force. I would say regarding debriefing personal life stuff and giving coaching to uh, fighter pilots outside of the aviation environment, um, I'd say that it, it is, it lacks. And that was something that I learned in the civilian world from my chief instructor pilot, who was a retired um, doctor, not a people doctor, but um, you know, Dr. Bob Wakefield, he would sit down and kind of coach us through, um, you know, just how to be a better dude, like, you know, how to do things better in life, you know? And so that's something that's really been lacking, which is kind of an easy segue into the why behind starting single seat mindset, right? So we're single seat fighter pilots. Um, fighter pilots have a unique mindset because we run the show. And if you don't, then well, then you crash or you die or something bad happens, right? So the business single seat mindset, um, I started that to, you know, kind of coach and guide the, the current generation of fighter pilots to write stories, write books, 
you know, there's a blog website and to give people access to fighter pilots that think fighter pilots are cool, but also um, to just provide a radically different perspective on life, whether that's business entrepreneurship, uh, you know, peak performance, um, athletics, what have you. Um, there's a lot to be learned there. And because we learn stuff at 800 or we're making we're making decisions at over 800 miles an hour, those decision making skills are very leverageable into high performance profession. So it's kind of probably a little bit more than you wanted to know. But I think that the important thing is, is that I learned a lot from both sides of the aisle. And now that I'm in the military, having the, the civilian background and owning businesses, you know, if I've learned anything, business owners, once you start a business, you just want to start another one and you, you kind of, you know, you can just leverage those skills. So um, we're, we're trying to give back. And I think that the last thing I'll say on that is, it gives us a lot of purpose, right? Because we're lacking that in today's day and age where people do this soft quitting or whatever they're calling it, all this garbage that you're seeing nowadays, right? People don't show up. And so people are lacking purpose in their life. And so single seat mindset, we give all the money to a children's cancer nonprofit just to show that our purpose is not, we, yes, it is a business. We do, we do like more money because it allows us to give more away. Um, but just to make sure that our purpose is aligned with with where we're supposed to be going in life, that's what we decided to do. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. When when you have a purpose, uh, you're not the person downplaying and being negative on social media and all that stuff. You're too busy doing what you're supposed yeah. to be doing, right? You're not the troll on the internet when you're living your purpose, right? So there's too many people out there that they don't know that they don't have it, and they they shoot it shows in other ways. So um, kind of switching gears a little bit because I think people think about how they're just sitting in that airplane. They don't have to be in good shape or anything like that. Pilots are specimens, man. They're in great shape. So tell me something. Tell me a a grueling physical task you had to go through that maybe someone doesn't realize a pilot had to go through. Yeah. So, I mean, very specifically, um, physical stuff. Um, I love backcountry powder skiing. Um, it, it can get a little grueling when you're hiking and you put your skins on and you're hiking up the side of a hill. So that that's one of the things there. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go on a mountain bike ride this afternoon. So I like to mountain bike, but I'd say one of the things that was the most grueling for me, um, was when, <laughs> when I don't know when I'm going to eat, and then I don't get good sleep, I become a different person. So if you want to talk about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, oh, yeah. uh, that's an easy way to, to bring that guy out. Now, granted, um, in, in my life, you know, about five years ago, I was 215 pounds and um, I was strong like bull, but I was overweight. I was a little bit, uh, I was a thick slice, if you will. Um, <laughs> So what I changed in my life was, you know, I realized that eating breakfast, brunch, lunch, supper, dinner, snack, 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 maybe having a, a one or four glasses of whiskey every day. Um, that's, that's, that's not going to bring me to the finish line. So the physical task of essentially going into, um, you know, basically looking at my diet and going, what can I just stop eating? Right. I think that was the big thing there. Um, so I cut out, it took a little bit of experimenting. It took me about six months, but in six months I was able to find, you know, Hey, hey let me cut out breakfast. Cause I can, I can make it to lunch. Um, about 10 AM, I would start to feel like I was going to vomit cause I thought I was so hungry. But after six months, I had dropped 10 pounds just from intermittent fasting, right? Just lunch and dinner. And Joe, I was, 
I was lifting weights. I mean, I've always been in like, I've always been strong, but I was just, I was just heavy. And I say all that because years ago, my most physically grueling thing that I did was, um, went through and, and granted, I think it was more of a mindset thing, right? But I went through, um, survival training. So you go through resistance training, which teaches you how to, you know, if you get captured, how to do all that stuff and, and they interrogate you and all that. But the other piece of it was they throw you out in the woods and then you survive essentially, um, on a couple things for about a week. So, you know, you're, you're trudging through the woods and you're, you're not getting good sleep. And we had two or three females in our group that, um, had never slept outside before. I mean, we're talking like not even slept out on the trampoline at night to look at the stars. And so what does that mean? Well, as we're out in the woods and it's cold and we're getting rained on and another dude in the group has hypothermia, well, and, and people are sliding down these muddy Hills and we're, you know, about four or five days into this, um, I'm hungry, I'm freaking tired and I got to keep it together because I'm, I'm the, I was the officer of the group. So I had, I was like the leader per se, right. Or the, at least the, the designated leader. So by the time, um, the most grueling thing was by the, like the sixth or seventh day, I can't remember how long we were out in the sticks, but I was so tired. I was so freaking hungry and we had gotten within a mile of like the rendezvous point to get quote unquote rescued. And it was just pouring rain and it had been pouring rain for, for days. And it was cold too, cause it was up in Washington state and we are all in our ponchos, um, hunkered down hiding cause there's people out looking for us. So we're trying to like escape and, um, just the day prior, a kid almost died from hypothermia and they, they revived him and brought him back to life essentially. And so we're sitting there and I've got like a little, a little sterno, like a little lighter can thing that I lit underneath my poncho. And I was like, I'm either going to die from hypothermia or I'm going to die from huffing these, (laughs) huffing these fumes from this stupid little candle that I got underneath me, but it kept us just warm enough to like, hunkered down and just last the last couple hours. And honestly, I think, you know, when it comes down to it, um, you know, single seat mindset is what I'm all about. Like the mindsets is tough and just sitting there going, I'm sitting perfectly still. I just got to make it another hour. Right. And just kind of going through that in my own mind and just telling myself. (laughs) And then, you know, the negative side of that is stop being a little, a little wimp. Right. But then also going, well, am I, am I actually dying? Like, Am I going to die from this? So I'd say like long story long, um, out of all the things that, you know, I grew up doing, cause I grew up out in the sticks and riding dirt bikes and stuff, but that was, that was tough. Cause I was tired. I was hungry. Um, at the time I was, I was pretty heavy. I ate a lot of food throughout the day and it was a mind, it was a mind trick. I think the biggest thing for me there. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I get hangry too. And, and if I'm not sleeping on top of it, man, that's a recipe for disaster right there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good on you for that. And that's a great mindset to develop that. Hey, just, Hey, just get to the next hour. You know, I don't have to make it yeah. the, the whole day. How about just this next hour? So that's, you can tell you're a coach, man. You talk like a coach. So, uh, so <laughs> let's just kind of switch it up. You mentioned your nickname was slice. How did you get your nickname? Yeah. So I had a, a pretty, uh, pretty close pass with a, with a, as a young fighter pilot, um, I usually you get your, your call sign, if you will, 
um, my name is Slice from doing something stupid, right? And it's usually given to you through our, we have like a naming ceremony where all of the older fighter pilots or at least those that have names, they get together and, you know, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because like that, that call sign, you know, I've been called a lot of things in my life, but hopefully the call sign is a semi-decent one and it sticks with you. Um, and you don't do something so stupid that they take the call sign away and give you something else. So mine was from, um, as a young fighter pilot, I had a really close pass, um, essentially dog fighting with another, um, fighter pilot who was, who was the instructor, uh, during that day. And, uh, I broke a training rule and pointed at his jet too long. I ended up, we ended up shooting each other simulated. Right. And, and I don't remember she's all, he'll, he probably killed me first cause he was much better than I was, but, um, I broke a training room. We had a really close pass. Um, and clearly I lived through it, but they said, I tried to slice him in half. Um, and I was also in Japan at the time in a U.S. fighter squadron over there. And it was, a our squadron mascot was a samurai warrior. So like, you can think like samurai sword slice it kind of all fit the motif. And then, yeah, I almost died and sliced the other dude in half. Hey, Slice is a cool nickname, man. There's, I've heard much worse out of there. Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you and me both. <laughs> so kind of kind of involved in that is, you know, the new Top Gun movie come out. So I, I just sure. know, even though you're Air Force and it's Navy, people just say, hey, you're a fighter pilot. I'm sure you got tons of questions. What are, what are some common questions people have asked you about that movie? Yeah, so I think the big one is, you know, just kind of the, the open-ended one. What do you think? And um, I think... In 30 years, the cinematography of Hollywood has come a long way. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, the uh, part of me is slightly jealous that the Air Force has not done something like that to, to showcase uh, Air Force pilots, uh, Air Force fighter pilots, right? Because the cinematography is phenomenal. Um, uh, you know, I think the, that, that's kind of one of the positives is that it was, my wife was even like, it was like so close to the old movie, it, the, even the, the theme and going into the bar and singing the stuff. And, and I was like, well, yeah. Was, and then there was like the girl that Tom Cruise was involved with. And I'm like, well, yeah, it was just a, it was kind of a repeat for that. Um, I think the the uh, they brought in a little bit more of the tactical stuff behind being a fighter pilot, which, you know, is cool regarding the actual tactics themselves, um, not something that we would have done. <laughs> like uh, from like a, a military fighter pilot standpoint, the way that you plan stuff and then execute it, um, the scenario was pretty far-fetched. Um, and, you know, just even even the part where they go up the hill and then like dive into the the hole and then drop their bombs and then like, pull a bunch of G's so they don't like hit the hill on the other side. And I'm like, you know, if fighter pilots were like the last thing on earth that could do that mission. Okay, cool. But I mean, there are, there are boats and satellites and just other assets that the military would have pulled on. Um, now let's say in a vacuum, if they were the only show in town. Okay, cool. Yeah. That'd have been a pretty challenging scenario. Um, and then, and then the whole piece of him, I liked it because it was super cheesy and it really brought me back. But when he jumped in the F-14 at the end and took off, like I was like that, you know, it was way, way, way far-fetched where stuff's blowing up on the runway. The fact that he even got the F-14 to start in the first place was so out, 
out in outer space, but um, I liked it just because um, it showcased some of the old, the old school fighter jet stuff, you know, all of the circuit breaker panels and all that stuff that is, it's in those old jets and I've flown jets, uh, you know, old, older jets like that, um, that have all of those bells and whistles that are just so archaic compared to, you know, the F-22 and the F-35 and some of the new fighters that we have nowadays. Oh, that's really cool, man. That's that part would be cool to actually see on the inside of one of those. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, I I like yeah. that cheesy movie. Tom Cruise is a man. He's he's still out there doing his own stunts. He's Sixty years old, however old he is, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So let me ask you this: If you had to identify with any of the Top Gun characters, who you uh who you most like <laughs> in those? Um, geez, I don't. I didn't really uh, connect with really any of them to be honest and i know it's probably not what you're looking looking for um you know maybe from the first movie I, i'm not normally like the guy out in front like tom cruise that's you know in, in the classroom environment where he's just running his mouth and and i don't i don't view myself that way but like i'm usually the guy like ice that will maybe rib somebody a little bit for opening their mouth when they shouldn't and and god only knows that i've opened my mouth and said stuff that i shouldn't say a lot before however i think like maybe ice um which is ironic because there's a uh our our single seat wisdom book series that are you know 20 chapters each written by a different fighter pilot the second volume the first chapter is written by a fighter pilot and his call sign is ice oh man Um, can he do the teeth click like I see yeah. back in the first one. <laughs> That's the best. Oh man, I yep. still use that. You never know when you might need a good teeth click at somebody. So I've used <laughs> that throughout my life. So good on him for being nice, man. So um so you, you kinda there's a lot of pilots that have to be super smart, they have to have all these characteristics, but there's a lot of people that have those characteristics. What kind of what's that how did you develop your mindset to kind of get to this that hey, you mentioned kind of some of it earlier, how you just focus on, hey, just this next hour. What's some other things that you had to develop to become that pilot? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've done a lot of thinking about that. And it's uh, a lot of the, a a lot of it is your, you know, we hinted at it before, right? So um, being overweight for me and being out of shape was because of habits, right? I just had a habit of, um, I, I worked out and I was strong. And in my mind, I could eat anything, right? And when I hit 30 years old, the old metabolism shifted gears on me. And I started packing on the weight. And so my habits, I think, are really the, the, the crux of the issue, right? And so when I've, got, when I've got something going on in my life that is maybe getting me off track or, or not getting me to the, not pushing me in the direction, or at least could be refined, um, I really have to look at my habits, right? And so this is very oversimplified. It still works for me to this day. And where I started was um, I started choosing to go to bed earlier uh, in the night, right? Because then I wouldn't stay up and have that glass of whiskey. I wouldn't end up, uh, you know, watching a show on Netflix that would eat another hour into my night or uh, cruising. I've never been super big into social media, but like just flipping through social media and just mindlessly scrolling or watching the news, which is, I mean, the bad negative stuff is what sells. So like just getting all that out of my mind, right? And it was just a simple habit. I would just chose to go to bed earlier. And whether that's five minutes, 15 minutes or an hour, um, it can make a big difference. And, and then the, the, next step, uh, the next step from that 
was waking up earlier. And at, th at this time, I only had two kids, but they were, I mean, my daughter, my oldest, she would wake up at freaking 4.45 or 5. So she was up early. So I was like, I got to get up at 4 because I have a real estate business that I'm running. We've got a lot of renovations going on. Um, I'm, I'm a full-time fighter pilot. Um, so I started getting up at four in order to get up at four, you have to have your ducks in a row by about 6 30 PM to get the house calmed down so that you can jump in bed at eight and get a good night's sleep. So all that to say, I started going to bed earlier, which allowed me to wake up earlier, more refreshed, um, clear mind. Um, and then in that, in the early bits of the morning, that's where like the magic started to happen, where I started to get a lot of acceleration in the business. I get it. I got a lot of clarity in my own life because at four, even if my daughter did wake up at five, she would normally, usually I could give her some books or something she could read in my office and I would crunch out another hour or two of work. And by seven, I got three hours of work in and you multiply that five days a week. I mean, you've got like almost three extra days of work done in the early hours of the morning running my side hustle. And I know that you did the same thing, right? Where you're, you're side hustling your business to get it, get it up and running and you're double tapping, right? Both businesses. Right. Yeah. And so that was kind of a, it may seem very simple. Um, but I thought it, I thought, you know, I had read some books and I had started shifting some things around and that was kind of the one thing was I went to bed earlier. I got better sleep. My mind was clear. Um, you know, just, not drinking or eating a bag of chips or doing any of that stuff at night, right? Because you're, you're tired and it sounds good and it tastes good. So, yeah. and then in the morning more, more specifically, um, you know, just spending that five to 15 minutes in the morning, just, just in silence, whether that's prayer, meditation, um, just getting your mindset, right. You know, it's kind of what do they call it centering yourself so that you can have your intention set for that day. Well, I think the, the most important thing you said right there, if people are listening right now, is you, you made the choice. It, you didn't, you know, didn't, someone was keeping you up at night. You chose, hey, I'm going to go to bed early. I'm making this choice because this is what's best for me. It's not the universe is making out of control. Everyone has a choice, right? So I, I heard this guy, Inky Johnson, that talk about, talk about you're born looking like your mother and father and you die looking like your choices, right? So we all have these choices we make. <laughs> hey, you can go to bed. You can stay up all night drinking whiskey or you could go to bed, get a good night's sleep and go kill it for three hours before you even go to work, right? So yeah. anyone out you got to make a choice. And it could be, like you said, it doesn't have to be an hour early it could be five minutes and that stuff it, yeah. it, it, it matters right those little choices you make they're going to matter so um tell us more about single state mindset you mentioned a couple times what all do you guys do yeah so um kind of like leveraging what we just talked about the it, it's it's tough to have the right mindset going into the day if you roll out of bed and you are literally sprinting into your day um I did that for so many years and it worked when I was single. Yeah. All right. It worked when I was single, but then life, life tends to layer itself on top. You get married, you start having kids, um, you get a new job, you get more responsibility, you start a business, right? So like there's all of these extra layers that got put on top of me and sprinting into my day was really destroying, um, knowing where I was going to go because there's too many things going on. Right. So to get my mindset, right. I'm just kind of establishing, like I'd said before, that intentionality or that that direction that you were going to take as you started your day um, after, you know, so that gave me some clarity. And I say that because I had the real estate business going on and I had another business going on. And um, so I grew up 
in real estate. My old man owned real estate. So it was kind of something that happened organically for me. I had written a book for my passive investors because we had started buying small apartment communities and renovating them. Um, and it was that was was lucrative and it was it's going well. And I, I actually still own that business. But then I also started a second business, which was going to auctions, buying and selling stuff because I have family members that did that, too. And although it was lucrative, it was not fulfilling. It was a lot of work. And I realized that my um, intentions for that business. Now, being in business, you got to make money, right? One word, the word is money. If you're in business and you're making money, then you have a business. If you're losing money, you have a hobby or you are, you have a business that's going bankrupt. So the business was running. I didn't lose money on it, but it was not serving a bigger purpose, which was something other than money. The why, okay. If I had been giving all the money away, that would have given that business some purpose, but it, I wasn't doing that. So I, I stopped that business and how I got to that point was just doing what I had said before, you know, I had gone through a couple of deployments, you know, rocket attacks while you're deployed, like killing people, being all over the world, you add in uh, extended family issues. And, and then about six years ago, I had a big mental breakdown where I called timeout and, um, you know, the next six months were pretty rough, you know, being in the, 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 the dark pit of my mind, um, whether or not that was all the different words that the counselors used, I don't know, but I'm here now. You, like you said, before I made the choice to pull myself up by my bootstraps every day and get back at it. And fast forward after doing a couple of businesses, shutting one down, we get into COVID. And so we're our real estate business survived COVID, which was uh, thank God, um, you know, uh, for that. And, and then as, as I'm watching this class of student fighter pilots go through, they're really struggling and fighter pilots are very social, right? We have we debrief each other. We hang out in the, you know, the bar. We, there's, you know, all of the different cliches you see in Top Gun. Um, it's a very social group, right? And we do, we rib each other and we, we make each other better and all that kind of stuff. Well, they weren't getting that because they were, they were on different schedules, lockdown, blah, blah, blah. So I started sending all the students a two minute little blurb once a week. Um, and really what it was, was um, we, I've now automated that program because other people started using it outside of fighter pilots called the competent wingman. Um, if you go to singleseatmindset.com and click on the insider circle, you can access that program, but it's basically in two to three minutes, once a week, what's something that you can work on to be a bigger, better version of yourself, whether that's for, for God, country, family, whatever it happens to be. And the messaging initially was how bad I suck. It was, here's all the things that slice screwed up as a young fighter pilot. Um, I had a pretty, I'm Irish uh, lineage, so I'm pretty spicy. And um, it was more or less like, hey, I did this, I suck. Here's how you can avoid this in the first place. And here's how you dig yourself out if you get into this trouble type of thing. So that was kind of the messaging that really connected with the younger students at the time. And then that led me into, I was mountain biking one day, which is where I get all my ideas. I was like, let me start single seat mindset. And it was the worst hobby I ever started because it was so much work. And I asked a bunch of older fighter pilots. I'm like, you're going to retire and go to the airlines or do whatever you're going to do. Like what's going to happen to your story? Like, let me, um, I'll put together a, a, a book, a compilation of fighter pilot stories we're going to do, let's shoot for 20. And so I, I called, texted, emailed, Facebooked as many guys that I could find that I knew 
I think I messaged 189 fighter pilots and we got 19, our first 19 authors and I wrote a chapter as well. So the single seat wisdom book kind of grew from that. Um, and then since then, that was kind of still a hobby, right? I was helping the, the students. I'd kind of made a website and, and done some other things that, you know, I learned in the business world that were not rocket surgery for me. And then people started contacting me and, you know, business owners and uh, guys that own companies are like, Hey, I bought this book and I'm using it. I bought one for my whole team and we're, we're going one chapter a week for the next 20 weeks. And, and so that's where it kind of, we've got some acceleration and that's when I started to turn it into a business. And, you know, we had been supporting all of the fighter pilot authors, you know, when they write their chapter, they don't pay me. I have them pay a children's cancer nonprofit, um, to be a part of the book. Right. So we were, we're up, I think in the first year we're, we're at, we hit 30 grand raised for that, um, that cancer nonprofit, which isn't, you know, earth shattering, but, um, I think over time, like that'll, it'll accelerate and kind of pick back up. Um, so again, more purpose, but that's kind of the long story to where single seat mindset got its roots was from my business background, but being a fighter pilot, civilian world kind of all came together and I saw a pain point, which was like kind of opened and exposed through COVID. Uh, and now we have this second business that is, uh, I'm actually looking to hire, I'm interviewing some assistants right now because I, I don't really care for all of the social media and all that stuff, but I know people use it. So I need to figure out how to get somebody to help me with that. Cool, man. That's a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire. You definitely need somebody holding on a couple of those for you. So, uh, so you, you had one book and that wasn't painful enough. So you decided to do another one. Well, tell us about the latest book that's about to come out. <laughs> Yeah. Single seat wisdom volume two. So, you know, if you do something once I was like, I don't know if that was luck or not. Let's, uh, let's just reopen that wound and, and go for some more pain. And so, yeah, every, I think every veterans day, um, we're going to plan on just publishing another volume of fighter pilot stories. Um, I have a, an old, old school F4, uh, fighter pilot lined up to write the first chapter in, in volume three already. So people are lining up for it. There's a, it's a proven concept. I have, you know, the business processes behind it. I make it easy for the authors to write their story and contribute. So it's been a little bit of a painful learning experience, but um, it's, it's really cool. And it's, it's fun to talk about. Yeah, that's awesome. Where can people get a copy? So singleseatmindset.com. That's our launch pad. That's where, where everything is. You can find the competent wingman. All our books are on there. There's links to the other websites, there's social media links, all that stuff is there. So singleseatmindset.com. If you live, um, if you live in the US and you're listening to this show, you can go to singleseatmindset.com, put a forward slash and then one word, podcast gift. The first three people to sign up, I'll send them a free copy of the wisdom book. Uh, no questions asked. It's completely free. Ship it to them. Um, I did have somebody in, I think, Malaysia ask, and it was like $82 to ship it to them. And I was like, uh, dude, that one hurts. Let me send you a digital copy. <laughs> I see y'all pause yeah. this right now. Go get your copy right now before someone else gets it. So pause it, come back and finish this episode. So yeah, yeah 82, that's a little steep, man. Let's ship a book. Yeah. Singleseatmindset.com though. That's where our, that's the hub. That's awesome, man. Hey, it's, it's been great learning for you. And, and thank you for your service too, by the way. We appreciate what you're doing out there for us. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Appreciate sure, you. Hey, you guys, hey, 
go and if you haven't got the if you weren't one of the three you came back and someone already got it sorry about that you need to order the new books coming out on, on veterans day you said the next one will be out yeah yeah okay cool this will be out on november 8th so that's perfect so hey thanks again so much for tuning thanks for coming on and being a guest man it's sharing some time with us today thanks joe i appreciate you Appreciate it. Hey, you guys go pick up the books, all the copies right now. If you didn't get your free one right there, follow, go to singleseatmindset.com. Check out all the resources on there. So much cool stuff going on over there. Follow them on social media. Hey, Dominic, keep up the good work, man. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Yeah, will do. All right. Y'all have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Wow. What a great episode. You share that with somebody. I'm going to share with you some awesome sponsors. McWilliams Marketing. They can help your business grow. Regardless of the size of the project, you're going to get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business. No cookie cutter, one size fits approach here. So Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that you think you can do, but you're not really that good at it. You don't have time for it. They can do that. They're the experts. It's what they do. Web design, online conversion optimization, SEO, uh, graphic design, marketing, page management, all that stuff. Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at mcwilliamsmarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teak Patnick with Patnick Realty. He really does it all in the real estate world. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments, all that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teak. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teak, and you should too. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Hey, is your child struggling with math? Are you frustrated trying to help them? Then you need Mathnasium of Madison. They will meet your child where they are and help them get where they need to go. And they will do this in a positive and uplifting environment. You'll see measurable changes in attitude, confidence, and school progress. And go to their website, mathnasium.com slash madisonal, and sign up for the assessment. It is a risk-free and cost-free process that will tell you exactly where your child stands academically. Check them out again, mathnasium.com, madisonal. You know what you need in your life? Some apparel app. It's where I get all my t-shirts and the Hope Dealer stickers there and all my stuff over there. But you can brand just about anything you want there. Whether you have an idea of what you want or you have no idea where to start, they can help you. Go check out their website, apparelab.inc, I-N-K. You, or you can email them at theapparelab at gmail.com. Use a promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Get some great products. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.